Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-hosts, the pet experts themselves. <laughs> we have Rick Pruce from Pruce Pets. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee. And we have Dr. Will Schultz from Schultz Veterinary Clinic. Welcome, Doc. Good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Oh, we're we're doing. We got a it, good one today. We we do, and and this is one that uh, Rick and I have had great fun interviewing since she's been around. Uh, Heidi Williams has been just a, she was the tonic that Ingham County Animal Control needed yep. at the time that they brought her in, and I'm so grateful that they did. Because not only is she an interesting person, but she's also courageous. She's willing to say what's on her mind. And frankly, I don't sense a lot of holding things back. Yeah, you, but not only does she say exactly what's on her mind, but she's very well thinking, if agreed. you know what I mean. Just very well thinking. And, and, and she's changed the culture at Ingham County, at the Animal Control, dramatically yeah, right, since she's been there. Right. And we now have a culture of work ethic in the place. And the place is running beautifully, and they've got good millage. Uh, the community's supporting them, and the community should keep supporting them. Yeah. When do you get to listen to the radio where you hear, uh, let's, let's all give a three cheers, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> She's this one is, of them. This is, this, is not a, uh, this is not a show that uh, needs to dwell in the, the negative. It's the show that's great. One of the reasons I like being on the show is we get to celebrate, and this is one of those celebration opportunities. No question, because, I mean, how often do you hear people saying positive things about the dog catcher? <laughs> and, yeah, and bottom, yeah, yeah, true. I mean, bottom line is it's it's the position everyone jokes about that I wouldn't even elect you to be dog catcher. And <laughs> bottom line is she has done a phenomenal job for yeah. someone who came in right before COVID. Frankly, had to staff up during it, and just it, it, it's extraordinary. And we're sorry to see her go. But we'll hear the story of why she is retiring and uh, just some other things that she's very proud of in her time there and uh, should be a great conversation with her. Plus, she's bringing in with her uh, her deputy, uh, Dan Okay. Let's I, call him Dan V. Verhaug <laughs> Straits. And I know I'm probably not right, but I'm trying my best with it. But uh, And he, too, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with him. A very sharp guy. Yeah. Well, anytime you set up a business, that's, uh, the business model is going to be organization and uh, getting everybody involved, listening, being a cheerleader, but also, you know, let's not let, – let's set some rules and some guidelines. When you step away from that and you leave, if that stays in structure, you've, you've made an impact that's beyond yourself. And I think that's exactly what Heidi has to look forward to is that when she walks out that door, lots will continue. Yeah, and she and Dan both have a history in community service, and it shows for what they're doing at Animal Control now with some of the outreach programs they're doing at Animal Control, some of the um, uh, neutering programs they're going to be doing. Uh, there yep. are no charge to the public for stray animals, and these are these are things that everybody needs in the area because this is mm -hmm. stray animals. It's not a healthy situation when they keep reproducing. 
And what if you have a problem in your home with your animal? Guess what? I want you guys to listen in because they've got they've got a program they're going to be bringing out that hits home. And I won't say any more than that, but there's a good reason to listen to the show today. And I think you're going to love the fact that Ingham County is represented in a way that we are. You know, we are an exception to yeah. the rule. And one of the better animal controls probably in the state of Michigan, if not even around the country. Right. There's yeah. no question about that because I've talked with people who are over, living in other parts of the state, have had a lot of interaction with animal control. Some have worked for animal controls, and they all pretty much say the same thing. They think Ingham County could be the best in the state. And one of the attributes that they put to it is the fact that they do have an investigator. uh, And uh, most of the time that that investigator's been there, it's been publicly funded. It's not been a part of a payroll. It's Mm -hmm. it's donation-based. So they seem to just be doing a lot of things right. And we'll talk to both of them and really learn uh, what they've got planned what Heidi is the most proud of in terms of her time on the job, and uh, we'll see what happens next right here on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Hey, got some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Rumors are the dogs won't chase parked cars. Never met Rick Proust and Lee Cohen. They're back on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. 1320 WILS. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick and Doc, we have with us here in the studio a returning guest who's frankly been with us many times and has been a terrific guest. And Ingham County, you should be proud because we've got Heidi Williams, who is the director of Ingham County Animal Control. And Heidi, thank you so much for coming here to get started. I would like for you to share with our audience the news that I guess it's starting to make its way around, but I do think that it's something that we should address pretty early on. So why don't you make your announcement? All right. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am retiring. Um, effective September 1st, I'll be leaving the county. Um, I'm kind of sad about it. I'm really going to miss miss a lot of aspects of the job, mostly the people and, and just getting to do things like this and interacting with the community because I've, I've really enjoyed that over the last almost four years. But um, but it's time to retire, and I'm going to go just kind of try to enjoy life a little bit. So, Well, uh, Heidi, thank you. That's, a, that's the most important thing is um, for – Lee and I have been sitting in this chair for – well, these chairs for, I don't know, more than a decade, and we've watched Ingham County Animal Control as it's matured over the years. And and, and if, if there was a stem and a growth of plant at the top of that as a flower, you're that flower. You really yeah. did a fantastic job of bringing a lot of the effort, a lot of the growth, a lot of the 
backdrop into something that really has crystallized into something beautiful. So thank you. Thank you, thank you very really much. I appreciate that. You uh, know, I, I was lucky. I walked into a really awesome building that the voters had voted uh, to build um, with a dedicated staff. I mean, the foundation was there. Yeah. They did the hard work. They really did. And that's why I'm really confident that everything's going to be fine when I leave because we've got just some phenomenal staff in, in really key positions. And things are going to just continue. So I get to just sit back and be the cheerleader now and that's kind of exciting <laughs> so, so so of the things that you did there what do you think's your top thing that's changed there since you've been there oh gosh um probably the staffing just getting the staffing under control and stable and getting the right people in the right positions um because you know as you know running up small business for years oh, yeah. your personnel are your most valuable assets right. and if we have the right people in the right places, then they can do the right things for the animals and for our community. And that's exactly what's happened. So that's probably my proudest accomplishment. Great. What is it that you brought to the show that enabled you to put the put that into place? Um, so I have a fairly extensive history of uh, management and leadership. In, and it was all law enforcement based, but, but the concepts are the same. Uh -huh. um, and it's basically just Treat people decent, set expectations, hold people accountable, give them the tools they need to achieve those expectations, and be supportive. Be a cheerleader. Um, you know, there's the old story of the carrot and the stick. You don't always need to use the stick on people. Right. Most of the time, 90% of the time, people want to do the right thing. You just have to provide them support and encouragement and education to do the right thing. And then you need to be there to support them, and that's what we've done. That's excellent. So your staff there, what's your total staff number? Um, we have 31 employees. We just hired our Excellent. second full-time veterinarian, which I'm Excellent. so excited about. We managed to hire two veterinarians in six months in a veterinary crisis. <laughs> yeah, I said coming from my practice, hiring a veterinarian is a very difficult thing yes. to do. Yes, so I'm very proud of that. Yeah. And we have two just amazing veterinarians on board now, uh, Dr. Garrett and Dr. LaDronca, and we couldn't be happier to have them. And so that's going to really allow us to expand our services okay. and everything's starting to come together exactly how we thought. And how many people on the road? We have six officers answering calls, and then the director and deputy director are also um, certified animal control officers. Great. Yeah. Oh, good. And, and when the vets are functioning and doing what they need to do and uh, moving forward, what's going to be the difference? What What's going to happen that hasn't been able to happen or what becomes better? Yeah, so definitely quality of life for our veterinarian because one veterinarian with this many animals was just not – it was not a good set setup for that poor vet. Um, so going forward, it's actually going to be – we're going to have a little balance, a little quality of life for both of our veterinarians. But um, more important than that, or not necessarily more important, but another big thing for the community is we'll be able to start our trap-neuter release program. Um, so it's going to be free um, to the community. That's so awesome. if you find a community cat um, or you want help with a colony in your neighborhood, you just have to reach out to us. Um, we have an email, communitycats at ingham.org. You can email. We'll get you on the list. We'll provide traps for free. We'll provide education on how to trap for free. Um, um, we'll, we'll spay, neuter, ear tip, vaccinate, microchip Excellent. the cats, and you can have them back as long as you're caring for the colony. Um, what I've learned, which has been really a hard 
switch in my brain as as a lifelong pet lover is that not all cats should come to a shelter. Not all cats are suited to come to a shelter. And for too many years, everybody just brought all cats to us and then left us to make the hard decisions of we have this terrified, feral mess of a cat in a kennel. What do we do with them? Um, we're not a rehab facility. We can't spend 90 days, 120 days trying to get this cat to come around. Some of them never will. They don't want to be there. They want to be back on the streets. So we've stopped treating cats as just a species, and we're starting to look at the individual cat and the individual cat's needs. Um, and with the TNR program, you know, it gets to the root cause of the problem, which is overpopulation. Yeah. So we're going to finally be able to address that with our second vet. So if I have a cat hanging around outside and I see a notch out of an ear, which ear is the one you use and how do I know it's neutered? We use the left ear. We notch the left ear and that's pretty standard in TNR programs. And it's not really a notch, it's like a clip. It's off just the, the clip, yeah. the tip of the ear. Yeah. But what that does, and, and a lot of people don't understand that they think it's cruel, but it allows us to identify from a distance um, that that animal has already been spayed or neutered. Um, that way we don't have to try to handle them and stress them out. And, right. Right. Yeah. right. And so if you're trapping them, you can the people can call and you can bring a live trap out for them. And they can come to the shelter, pick up pick live up. traps, yep, and we can let them know how to set them and um, okay. even give them the can of cat food to put in it if they need and go we, from there. Yeah, we talked to so many people that have so many cats, and yes. we used to do a thing in the clinic where before you people started this, if you had a stray cat and it had no collar and you brought it in, that afternoon it would be back home and it would not be reproducing anymore. Yes, and that's yeah. awesome. I wish more vet clinics would provide that service yeah. as well. I mean, I certainly understand why they can't, but yeah. um, we, we need help. We, we need help with, with the community for getting this, this pet overpopulation pandemic under control. So how many thousand cats do you think are stray in the Lansing area right now? So roughly estimated using a um, formula that the Best Friends Animal Society creates, we think there's probably between 50 and 60,000 community cats in Ingham <laughs> County. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. 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 yeah wow. So, and, and I imagine um, uh, the Capital Area Humane Society also has efforts in they the do. same direction. Yes. And with 50,000 out there, it probably works to have both. Oh, absolutely. in the water, right? Absolutely. They've been on the forefront of TNR for many, many years. Right. Um, right. They've been doing it alone. And right. so I'm really glad that we're finally able to help with this problem. Um, we've needed to for years. It's just one of those things of, you know, having the staffing and the facilities and right. logistics to do it because this is a pretty big undertaking, really, oh, yeah. um, when you're talking about housing animals and treating animals and right. keeping the population separate. Um, it becomes really a logistical uh, conundrum. Right. So if I bring this cat into you, uh, am I going to get charged for that? No, not at all. And then are, do I take it back home and release it, or are you going to do that? You're going to take it back home and release it for us because right. we only have so much staff, right. and this is right. where we need the, the public's help. Yeah, yep. and it's all outpatient, right? Yep, all outpatient. Wonderful. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's a great way to do it because so many people have seven or eight cats hanging around their house, and then next spring you're going to have 15 cats hanging around the yep. house, and then next spring you're going to have 30 cats hanging around yeah. and actually probably quicker than that. Oh, yeah, much faster. Yeah. So um, maybe you know, give maybe give a little bit of I guess uh, understanding for those that might be anxious about trapping a cat in 
finding out that it's the neighbors? What what steps or procedures are taken? <laughs> oh, fluffy, you know? no. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> in Michigan, it is not illegal to let your cats roam. And we get a lot of phone calls on this. Uh, cats become a nuisance to neighbors. Um, people don't want them on their property. They're doing their business in their flower beds. They're spraying. They're walking on their freshly washed cars. You know, I get it. I understand. Um, we have a lot of resources to deal with the cat pest issues that we get. But if you did trap a cat and you thought it was your neighbors, first of all, we encourage people to let your neighbors know that you're going to be trapping so that if they do have a cat that's roaming outside, they can put it inside while you're trapping. Um, we will have door hangers that we can hang when we're when we're out um, taking care of colonies um, to let people know. We always scan them for microchips to make sure that they're not microchipped. Um, and that's another note that I'd like to say about our programming that is really kind of... Uh, cutting edge is that we're microchipping all of these community cats. Oh, all the strays. All you know, the strays. I, I was wow. going to ask that mm-hmm. in my mind That's when I was going to ask that, I said, well, they would never do that. That yeah. sounds expensive. It is. And yeah, but, but it's important because you have to put that cat back exactly where it came from. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a bunch of studies done by national organizations that cats are very territorial and they will only roam within a certain amount of distance yeah. from their home turf. Yeah. And if you try to put them into another colony, they're going to get rejected from that colony. Um, and it, Or if you dump them in, a, in another location, their their chances of survival are pretty slim. So it's really, really important that they go back to exactly where they were trapped. Yeah. And, and neutering that tomcat slows down on a lot of abscesses in the cats. Oh, the yeah. fighting backs off a little bit. Yep. Um, they don't all of a sudden not become a tomcat, but they're going to be less aggressive by yes. a mile. Yep. And that's a big help too. Yeah. And then the ones we tell people too, if you have a window wells in your house that just have dirt and they're not covered, that's a litter box. Yep. And so you are attracting <laughs> the outside cats and under a deck also those yep. places. And we'll, we will tell people to uh, spread mothballs in those areas. Yep. And mothballs are poison, everybody knows. But if you eat it, you vomit it up very quickly and rarely would it ever cause the toxicity. But they do not like the smell of that nope, at all. they don't. And, and in the winter, when there's a light snow, walk around your yard and all of a sudden you go like, oh, those aren't Fluffy's tracks. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. then you know if you have raccoons in your yard yeah. too, which is another problem in this yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And we also provide free um, motion-activated sprinkler rental. because oh, um, We use so, that for deer. Yeah, yeah so they're, yeah. They're great. Cats are not stupid. They get blasted with a water jet <laughs> once or twice. They're not coming back to that area. So that's a humane way to, to keep them off your property. Basically, mm-hmm. the end of the, the, the mission statement here basically is let cats be cats. Let's support them, um, but let's not hurt them. But let's help them. Right. So, Well, Heidi, one of the things that I'm interested in, and maybe forgive me for having a marketing mind, but uh, I saw the marketing piece that you guys are going to be using, and you have to explain that to the public because I just think that that's outstanding. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with this. So about two, two and a half years ago, um, in a, I think it was a webinar I was taking, I saw this this. Uh, 15, 20 second ad that an organization out of Cincinnati, Ohio had created. He's called Scooter the Neutered Cat, and he's the spokes cat for the GiveThem10.org foundation. And the, the foundation behind this is basically cats have nine lives. Let's give them 10. Let's do everything we can to help them. But let's also get a handle on this overpopulation issue. So they created Scooter the Neutered Cat. And there's a jingle that goes along Brilliant. with it. You can look it up on YouTube. It's super catchy. It's funny. Scooter is this big, cheeky orange tomcat um, with these really cool uh, sunglasses and a, and a chain. And, and medallion. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the epitome of cool. But basically his message is, Let's uh, let's 
let's spay and neuter our pets. And his his tagline is it's hip to be snipped. Um, so <laughs> it's cool. It's cool with no balls. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, so they've <laughs> it, it's funny. It's it's a little bit cheeky, but um, it's catchy. And I think awesome. uh, it'll get people's attention and it'll share it and it'll bring awareness to this uh-huh. problem that we have, which is pet overpopulation. Yeah. And people have to know in your in your subdivision or your area where you live that you can do this very easily. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And the, and the traps are free. Let's let, yeah. you know, let's get after it and take care of them. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the voters of Ingham County passed a millage. Actually, it was almost exactly a year ago today. Yesterday, I think. Um, yeah. 70.5% support um, to voluntarily increase their taxes. And this is what it's paying for. Excellent. This is why we're not charging. Yeah. That's beautiful. And with 50,000 out there as the problem, yeah. there's, there's zero reasons not to support it, yep. you yeah. know. Yeah, it's beautiful. Bob Barker would be proud of. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That was Bob was in the forefront of my mind when I was creating. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think Betty White's in there too. Someplace. Yes, but but I got to watch it. You showed us the little video, and I think you know uh, the cat's cooler than Bob. That's for sure. Yeah. The cat is very cool. He's very cool. Well, Heidi, it is it is a very cool spot, and it's a very cool subject uh, that you're doing to deal with it because Rick just mentioned 50,000. And the bad news is that if you don't act quickly next year, as doc was alluding, it's going to be a hundred. <laughs> bottom line yeah. is, yeah. uh, we just can't handle that much kitten excitement no. in one town. So, uh, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll continue the conversation, uh, with Heidi Williams and just talked about some of the upcoming events and, a pretty cool story about some peanut butter too, peanut butter. right here on 1320 WILS. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link. The MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320WILS. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we've been talking this morning with Heidi Williams, who is the director of the Ingham County Animal Control who unfortunately is celebrating her last four weeks on the job as of today. So we're going to miss her. But boy, uh, great work in terms of the spay-neuter effort that you've made. But that's not the only thing that's out there, Heidi. I saw an adventure with peanut butter. It basically made me realize the degree of public support, the degree of public wishfulness to be able to assist you in any way that you need it. All you have to do is put out the word. And on this day, you said, I need peanut butter. And the next day, there were grocery stores that were basically licking their chops, wishing that they could have the selection (laughs) of peanut butter that you had at Ingham County. So my first question to Heidi was, crunchy or smooth? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's awesome to see, you know, when we put out a need like that, and people are probably like, why do you need peanut butter? But peanut butter is the core staple of our enrichment program. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, we became a fear-free animal shelter. So we don't make the animals do anything. We lead them gently into walking up on a scale or um, we have a tongue depression with peanut butter while they're getting a shot so that it's a a positive thing. Um, We try to do everything to reduce the fear, anxiety, stress, and frustration of the animals as we can. And peanut butter 
peanut butter is gold at our place. That's peanut butter cool. and spray cheese. Um, so, you know, animals will do almost anything for either one of those. So, yeah, when we get low on peanut butter, we just put out a call and then literally it's like, hold on, here comes the yeah, peanut butter. Awesome. And we our, <laughs> our shelf is just piled with peanut butter right now. It's, now, do you it's guys get fantastic. tired of peanut butter sandwiches so, uh, when this is happening? <laughs> <laughs> None of the peanut butter is consumed by staff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in fact, we all have jars of peanut butter in our desks because animals will come in and it's like, oh, you want some peanut butter? And, perfect. Yeah. The, the, the perfect low-cost option for it's, dog treats. Yep. Yeah, 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 it works great. No, and it no takes doubt. them a while. Once, and everybody, anybody here that's had a pet that they've given peanut butter to, watching them get yes. it off their tongue and in their mouth, it keeps them busy. It keeps their mind off what they're doing. Yep. It's great stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nothing better than a, a Kong loaded with, oh. with oh, yeah. peanut butter. Yes. Yeah. And I imagine there's some engaged enrichment toys that you use that with it, right? Yeah. So yeah. we, um, in October of 2021, we hired uh, Roxanne Wilkinson as our behavior and enrichment coordinator. Roxanne's been a dog trainer for, I don't know, 20 some years. Um, she is really into behavior and understanding what happens between the ears of the animals. Mm -hmm. And her sole responsibility, I like to very much simplify it, is she's responsible for the mental well-being and happiness of the animals. That's an oversimplification of what she does. But mm -hmm. So she has a, a whole schedule. Roxanne loves spreadsheets. She loves data. She loves all this stuff. So mm. basically she will put together kind of a calendar so that the animals are getting different enrichment every day. Um, so it's busy bags. It's Kongs. It's pup cups. It's uh, Frisbees with peanut butter. It's licky mats. It's uh, she even goes out and buys anchovies and soaks them in chicken broth for the cats. And she does <laughs> she does all this. Oh. Right. She she's awesome. And she is a huge part of why our animals are happy, why our shelter is quiet when you walk through the door. Um, the animals are content, um, and peanut butter, like I said, is kind of the core, the core uh, thing that we use. So that goes in the Kongs, it goes in the busy bags, it goes That's everywhere. Awesome. <laughs> and we spend a lot of time talking too about capturing and releasing cats, but you have pets to adopt. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have to get to that too. We have yeah. lots and, and and cats and dogs. Yeah. And and the other thing I wanted to at least bring up, um, if you have a cat at home, your own personal cat. Uh, but can't afford uh, to have it done, is there a service that's offered or is there any low-cost options that if they wanted to bring their animal to you that that could uh – assist them? Yeah, so we don't do surgeries for um, owned animals, but we do sell low-cost spay and neuter vouchers. Um, so for a very small amount of money, like $35, $40, um, you can have your cat spayed or neutered. Um, we have six participating clinics um, that are listed on our website, and we really encourage people to use that voucher program. We also provide free vaccinations, um, deworming uh, microchips at our weekly clinics. So if you can't afford a rabies vaccine, Come see us. We'll give it to you for free. And no excuse not to have your pet microchipped at None. All. None. None. Mm -hmm. Microchips save lives and they reunite pets. Um, that's another change we made at our shelter is any animal that comes through the building that goes out that door for whatever reason, if it's a stray that's being redeemed by an owner, if it's an animal that's being adopted, they are all microchipped. So there, there is no excuse anymore. Uh, microchips are painless. It's not a tracking device. Um, it is, it is a good thing, and we need to, we need to I'm do sure more. There's of some it. conspiracy out there. There is, yeah. there is. Yeah, Don't let my tin foil. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, right. But what does just, just for the listening audience, or for me, just to understand, because I've never witnessed it done. And we could ask Doc. We could ask yeah. you. Yeah. But what's the procedure that's done in order to put in a microchip? 
The, the microchip looks like a big grain of wild rice, mm -hmm. a little bit bigger than a white rice, that's about all. And it's in a syringe. And so as you put the needle under the skin like you're giving a vaccine, there's a plunger on the syringe. And I'm, everybody can, that you can't see out there, I'm doing it with my hand right now. Uh, but you press the plunger and it deposits the microchip under the skin, pull the syringe out, and you're done. Yep. And it takes that, at less than what I just said. Yeah. Less than take, the time you said this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it might take it. one second to yeah. do it, okay. literally quickly. Okay. And, and we so. put it right between the shoulder blades so everybody knows where to search. Mm -hmm. Years ago, the newer ones that came out, they would migrate. So when when we scan, we have a, like a hand scanner that we use. We go over the chest, over the body, and down the front legs because we found them all the way in the feet on yeah, dogs years they ago. they still will migrate. Yeah, but the yeah. newer ones, the migration is way, way less than yeah. it was 20 years ago. Yeah. And, yeah, right. and they read a set of numbers. Uh, some companies read their names, some read numbers, but you can type the number in online mm -hmm. and it'll tell you that set of numbers, what company does it, and you can track it down very easily. Yeah, and I believe you helped us and we have yeah. the ability to read that at the store now. Yeah, yeah. so um, about... That came into play at some point. I can't remember what the situation was, but we, yeah. we had a dog that came in and we were able to... Yep. About six to nine months ago, our animal shelter fund, the 501c3 that helps support us, they purchased about 25 handheld wow. microchip scanners. And we distributed them to local law enforcement, um, pet stores like Pruce, um, Soldans, um, Family Farm and Home, and Mason has one. So there's a list online. So if you find a pet and we're not open, you can go to these stores and they are very graciously agreeing to scan the pet. There's a little slip of paper they can write the number down on and then you can um, call the company and, 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 and try to get reunited. And tell them yep. to do it for free too. Yep. Nobody charges to do no. that. Mm -mm. So it's all good. When this first started, almost 30 years ago, I think, um, we had a group of veterinarians in town and we all bought them and we donated uh, readers because it, w it was worthless if, if you people didn't yeah. have a reader and if the Humane Society didn't. Yeah. So, but we couldn't afford to put it everywhere. But now the prices dropped dramatically. Yeah. And my son fishes and they put these in fish now. And so when he's a musky fisherman, they scan every fish they catch and the <laughs> state records. <laughs> How old that fish is, where was yeah. it, where it was caught, and so it's it's an interesting tracking procedure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not your. Fish. I was just imagining sitting down to eat my fish. <laughs> that's not that's not a grain of rice. <laughs> Surprise! We'll, we'll, we'll find you. <laughs> well, technology has its pluses, but yeah. occasionally. Now, hi, I have a question because one thing I have noticed that has changed dramatically and even the last couple of years there were constantly stories of going out there and finding hoarders and people who were involved with fighting and you guys did a number of different things but is it my imagination or is the activity in that arena dropped because the only thing i could really see is i guess there was a cat hoarding case out in uh onondaga or i i think that was the place can you talk a little bit about how have you managed to slow down the activity in that area? Because I just, I, you don't see it on the news. You don't see it in the paper. And as you said before we started, they love bad news yeah. in the news business. And if they can't put that in, then what have you done? Well, unfortunately, it really hasn't slowed down a ton. Um, we are still seeing a lot of hoarding cases. We are still seeing a lot of unsanitary conditions, animals being kept in homes with, you know, several inches thick of feces. Um, we're seeing a lot more really bad abuse and neglect cases this summer than we've seen in probably the last three or four years. Um, I think it's tied to the economy is the only thing I can think of. People can't afford it. They want to do right by the animals, but they can't afford it. People... Um, 
we see a fair amount of this. People that want to rescue, and I'm using air quotes, rescue animals, they want to help, but they get in over their head very quickly because they don't realize how expensive rescue is when you do it right. Um, and then we get called and we have to go out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely with the dog fighting, that kind of stuff has definitely slowed down. Um, but the abuse and neglect has increased, unfortunately. It's too bad. Well, Heidi, it's it's been just a pleasure again and all of the visits that we've had with you over the years. And we want to wish you great luck in retirement. If you decide you want to come back and do this, something mm-hmm. tells me you would be greeted well. <laughs> uh, but on behalf of all of the citizens of Ingham County, thank you for your leadership, for your direction, for setting a great example for other animal controls throughout the state. Because I've heard it from many people that Ingham County has been, for the last 10 years, well, almost 20 years, leading in a lot of directions. So thank you so much for your effort. And just know you have an open invitation here if you ever want to come on and scream at your predecessors and tell all your former employees what they needed to do, then you're welcome to do it. Thank you. Uh, We've been talking with Heidi Williams from Ingham County Animal Control, and we're going to continue on with the conversation after the break right here on 1320. It's the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. We are back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning with the Ingham County Animal Control, and we have with us here in the studio the Deputy Director, Dan Verhoogstraat. And Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Let's talk a little bit, Dan, about kind of what your life is like as deputy director. I'm sure Heidi is sitting at at the office with her feet up and just enjoying things, and you're the one who's out there making it so. Isn't that right? Well, that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's what we're doing every day. Perfect. Oh, ow. (laughs) Sorry, Heidi. No, no. Well, she's leaving, so it's time to throw her under the bus. Um, so, so my role at the at the shelter is uh, I supervise the the office uh, divisions, the our enforcement division, all of our animal control officers, our animal care staff, our community outreach manager, and our our behaviorist. Uh, so I've got uh, the lion's share of the shelter. Uh, pretty much the daily operations uh, is is what I normally do. I, I kind of make sure everything just stays running day after day. Uh, also, beyond that, uh, any special projects that come up, I, I kind of grab a hold of and and run with. Um, let's see. Oh, like yeah. hiring, policy writing, all that stuff for the last three years. That's pretty much what I've been tasked with. And wow. it's, and it sounds like it's working really well. Yes, it's well, it's been a it's been a busy uh, busy three years. A lot of eighty hour weeks. But, I was uh, going to ask how many hours a week do you work? Uh, typically. Uh, it's anywhere from 50 to 80. Wow. I mean, it's a lot of working from home. I, I wake up normally 6 o'clock in the morning, immediately start in with emails, things like that. I'll, I'll work from home for a few hours, get into the shelter. I'll, I'll be there for a full day, and then I go home. And then it's back to, you know, with my work laptop, and I'm working right to, to the point where I go to bed. I'm just one of those one of those people. Well, yeah, the audience uh, can't see this because we're radio, but you seem to have a smile on your face. But yeah. what's dri- what's your driving force? What, why why would you be this driven? We all wish we had <laughs> staff members that no driven. Kidding. So I, I've, I've done this. Uh, I've always had this this kind of 
you know, pedal to the metal thing with my my work ethic. Uh, I worked for the East Lansing Police Department for almost 18 years before I came out to animal control in 2020. Um, I was the jail administrator there. I was in charge of the evidence room. Uh, I completely took over those programs, modernized them, uh, got some high-performing staff, uh, rewrote policies, getting up to national standards, things like that. And when I came out to animal control in on beginning of March of 2020, uh, right before the whole world shut down a, a week later, um, I, di- I basically kind of set about doing the same thing at animal control. Uh, we, we had a kind of a lack of policies and things like that. Uh, we wanted to get some really progressive community programs in play. Uh, we wanted to get some you know, training for our staff and, and get them uh, the tools that they needed to do their job to help the animals and uh, we couldn't get it done in 40 hours a week. Uh, Heidi and I, we, we both put in just countless hours over the last three years. Yeah, um, that's appreciated by everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. So you have other outreach things that you do, like like what other programs are you in charge of? So our our outreach manager Hannah Page, she's absolutely amazing. She uh, she manages the outreach programs. Um, I I'm guilty of going in there and saying, "Hey, I got this great idea." I'd like to do this, uh, and she's the one who who just makes it happen. That's great. Um, one of the things right now, one of our big pushes is uh, we we think we can help more people. Uh, right now, we have our outreach center in downtown Lansing, but that's uh, really prohibitive for people who have transportation issues and things like that. Uh, one of the things that I, I'm trying to get us to do is uh, we're working on partnering with local food banks. And we want to start distributing uh, some of our donated pet food to them that so that we can actually get it out in the community. And those people, you know, who have issues, who can't come to downtown Lansing, can go to one of the, you know, Greater Lansing Food Bank um, partners and uh, hopefully get get the resources they need. Because our, our number one goal is to keep pets healthy in their homes. And, and also behavior consultations you're doing. Too. Yes. This sounds Spe- really interesting. Speaking of uh, keeping pets healthy in their homes. Uh, we, we launched a new website a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I'm very proud to say that we have the, the best website of any animal control agency in the state of Michigan. Um, one of those things uh, we've, we've really got, my, my goal in building the website was increasing citizens' accessibility to services. It's frustrating to get on a government website and get the runaround oh, yeah. and not be able to get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of online forums and things like that where citizens can submit things. One of the th- one of the programs that I implemented with that is a behavior consultation program. Uh, that if you have an animal that you have adopted from Ingham County Animal Control that you're experiencing some behavioral issues with, or if you have an animal that you, that you're looking to surrender because of a behavioral issue, uh, we want to help. And there is an online form where you can. Uh, Click click on it, fill out your information. It'll get sent to our shelter behaviorist, and she will reach out uh, via email or phone, whichever preference uh, you indicate, and we'll give you just a brief consultation on maybe some some things that you can do to understand your animal's behavior and, and maybe some actions that you can take uh, to alleviate or correct those behaviors and hopefully keep the animal in the home uh, because the last place we want them to be is at our shelter. We want them. Is to, there a charge for this service? It's absolutely free. That's incredible. Well, that That's is what incredible. The world could use that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just hope people that there's an 
I hope we have a rather large attendance today uh, hearing that because that is something that needs to be broadcast at any, any and all avenues because that is right hitting home directly where it counts. I, I find that, and I'm sure all of us would agree, that the number one reason animals are abused isn't because they're, the person is wanting to be abusive, but either ignorance or overwhelmness. Uh, maybe you can comment on that. And that's where I think that program that you're coming up with is giving people a way out uh, without having to surrender the animal makes makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that some of the uh, the abuse does stem from the behavioral issues that pop up. I mean, dogs will bark. Dogs will bark for a variety of different factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be some problems where your animal is uh, eliminating inside of the house uh, in some way, which you know leads to things being destroyed, which leads to some frustration. And, and uh, people may not understand why that's happening. Maybe it's a behavioral issue. Maybe yeah. it's a medical issue. Yeah. Um, but if we can at least point them in the, the right direction and help them understand uh, some of the factors that may be leading to these things, uh, will alleviate the stress of the human being and, and, and hopefully makes the life better for the animal. Because unfortunately, when, when human beings get stressed and they're, they're dealing with a, a companion animal that they cannot communicate with, there, there are unfortunate realities where that does lead to abuse in some mm-hmm. cases. And in a lot of cases, too, as you are stressed, the pet feels the stress and it ramps up. It's a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it it only makes it worse. And that's where a behavior consult would be incredible for these people. And, and that's the thing by, by correcting the, the pet's behavior too, you're, you're also improving the quality of life for the person. I mean, imagine having a behavioral issue that, uh, um, was easy to correct, but you just didn't understand why it was happening. And, and uh, you get to talk to somebody who, you know, animal behavior is, is their profession and they give you some tips and tricks and, and it works. Right. And all of a sudden it, that could be life changing for the person as well. Yeah. And, and these aren't little people we have. These are pets. These are dogs and cats that have their own personalities and they are, they were years ago, wild animals. Mm-hmm. And some of this is you have to know that background to get them straightened out. Absolutely. Now, Dan, one of the other things that's always been unique about Ingham County Animal Control was the fact that you guys did not have staff positions for investigators to look into the abuse and the dog fighting cases. Where does that stand now, and what is your view as one of the people out there doing the enforcement? How important is that position and the public support for that position? Because, Heidi, I I remember you bringing up lots of stories about investigations that happened because of that person. Well, right now, uh, we we have an investigator. uh, We we had an investigator position uh, until... Last week, we, we had a, uh, a retirement of one of our longstanding officers who had been, uh, been with us for 21 years. Uh, he has departed. And right now, the county budget is being evaluated uh, for the next fiscal year. And the, the position is on hold for, for uh, the remainder of the fiscal year. And 
we're hoping that we, we refill it uh, in the next year because there definitely is a need for it. Okay. Great. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, and we want to wish you the best of luck in continuing the great things going on there. Uh, and Heidi, we want to thank you and wish you the best of luck. Uh, unfortunately, gentlemen, we have run out of time. It happens. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure we'll talk to both of these folks again. But on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, and my co-hosts in the studio, Dr. Will Schultz and Rick Proust, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great weekend, a great weekend. We'll talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Meantime, all of you, please, please take good care of your pets. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.